and welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and I'm excited to bring you episode 24, part two, with my interview with Todd Favela, who is a character designer at Puny Entertainment. Now, as I mentioned in part one of episode 23, I recorded this interview with Todd prior to him getting his promotion to becoming a character designer. So we don't actually talk about character design in this episode. However, Todd discusses what he would tell his younger self if he could go back in time, what it's like working as a freelancer, and things that freelancers should look out for when they're creating their contracts. He also talks about what it's like working as a design cleanup artist, which was his previous position at Puny Entertainment, and Todd discusses what it's like pitching an original idea to the various networks and different things to keep in mind when you're pitching your very own show. And we even go off on a lot of fun tangents. We had a great time recording this episode. I know that all of you out there are going to enjoy it. So without further ado, on with the show. What do you wish that you knew then when you were in high school or college or just starting out that you know now? In general, it's like relaxing. Just be yourself. I know a lot of people think art school is expensive. I totally regret it. I've heard that. And I've also heard the opposite. Like, I regret taking, I regret going to school for art, but like, I needed it. And I've also heard other people are like, oh yeah, I went to art school. It's fine. Like, what's, what's the big deal? Like, I feel like in general, like, this question gets like a, it's almost like a stigma where it's like, you don't have to go to school for this stuff. When you start working, you'll realize a lot of the people that you work with, didn't go to school for the job that they're doing. They just did it and like applied and like they got a call back and from then on they just haven't stopped. Yeah, I think in general it's just like when probably like want to take more perspective classes. I feel like no, ma no matter what you do, unless you've like been drawing things in perspective since you're like five, <laughs> you're always in struggle. <laughs> but uh, really hammering down like really, really focusing on fundamentals value and like doing studies the best artists that like i see like oh my god i love your work i love this and then like i keep looking at the stuff i'm like why are they so good and then, like you look at their sketchbook they have like an instagram or like they have sketches that they post and it's like you realize that they're constantly doing thumbnails of stuff here's a here's a box i just drew a box and like here's a, a value study and i did it like in five minutes and it's not so much that they're doing stuff quick it's mm -hmm. just that they've gone to the point where it's become like a routine they know like the basics, they know the fundamentals. Have you read uh, James Gurney's books, like Color and Light and like, oh, Magic that Realism? Oh, that book is so yes. good. That's such a good book. That helped me learn how to paint, because I was, I realized I'm like, I don't know how to paint. Definitely. Let's figure yes. out, like, I decided I'm like, why don't we figure this out? And yeah. it, it's a really good book. Yeah, he breaks down like everything. Like, I did not know that there's so much stuff in painting, like. <laughs> Like I was just like, oh, it's not just paint. No, no. Yeah, it's, it's like, there's color theory, there's halftones, there's, mm -hmm. you know, flagging the head. I'm like, oh, this is all stuff I see, but, like, yeah. when, you, when you practice it and, like, you get to know, when you really, really know your craft, it just becomes second nature. Like, in James Green's, like, book, he has, like, sketches and, like, you know, studies mm -hmm. that I'm pretty sure don't take him very long, but he just does it constantly on a constant basis that, I mean, work is amazing. So I think if I, if I went back and, like, Took a time machine, went back 10 years. It's like the Batman versus Superman moment. It's like, time! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, always do your fundamental, work perspective! 
<laughs> you never get to this point. Perspective's a cave, yeah. vanish. <laughs> like, like, what just happened? <laughs> Analogies, but I think that's like to the point. Totally understand what you're talking about. It's like ninjas and swordsmen. Yeah, that's that's great. Alright, and then that actually leads to what have been some of the best things about being in the industry and what are some of the challenges? So challenges are definitely like we'll get to that first. I think the the hurdle. I think it's it's mostly mental. You can you can finish a drawing. Everyone finishes drawings. Now you're doing it professionally, and like you, you do it. And you're just oh my god, like am I gonna screw up? It's you know you always think that, but like I don't think anyone ever. No, I'm pretty sure people are like I'm I'm great, and like they just do things. There are a few, but very <laughs> very few. Yeah, but very few. <laughs> in general, like you talk to someone, like how do you feel about your work? And almost everyone's like. I feel like I conned my way into doing this for like 15 years. Yes. <laughs> Everyone, that's the imposter syndrome. Every yes. single person feels like they have that. And you're like, how can you feel this way? Yeah. You made a movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've gotten that where I'm like, I feel like I'm an imposter. And it's like, dude, you worked on a Simpsons project. Like, what the, like, what, 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 what? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I still, I think it's just something like you just, you just accept. You're just like, I'm always going to feel this way, but that's not exactly the truth mm-hmm. once you realize that and you get over that and you like just click you know it'll just it's amazing like how much you just grow once you get over that hurdle of i think that's the biggest challenge it's like a, just a mental hurdle of like can i actually do this and like the answer is always like yeah you can yeah. just just do it mm-hmm. i'd be lying if i'm like oh every project i get i'm just yeah i can do this like sometimes i get a project i'm like uh, I think I'm getting fired on Friday. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, I stuck, I stuck with it. So, yeah, yeah just realize that that's just a, a constant struggle you're gonna have mm-hmm. with not I won't say like self worth, but just like knowing that you got hired and they see things in you. Be sure to remember that you see that in yourself. That makes sense. Yeah, it's like, like they see it. Yeah. So you know you can see it too yeah it's like it's so that means it's it's actually there yeah, it's you're, actually you're there. not pretending this is a real thing about you yeah so just just go and do it and then enjoy it like enjoy the moment mm-hmm. when, when you're there like, the best thing is just animation is just such a weird a weird community but it's like so awesome at the same time every studio i've gone to like we got like studio dogs the studio i'm at right now my art director had just got a corgi he's a corgi puppy uh-huh. every studio has like pets and like we have like a baby corgi and like a cat. Everyone brings in food. Mm-hmm. I tried I tried this like cool place and like it's called Portos. Like if you if you yeah. live in LA, you're gonna learn about Portos. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves Portos. <laughs> There's always like sweets and like everyone's like friendly. They're like helpful. Like I was mm-hmm. mentioning, like they're really really helpful. They're like you generally don't work with people that like are just like eh, get away from me. Like, yeah. You never like I've never run into that. You have like a. When I was working at Titmouse, we had a smash party. So that's a, that, was a, that was a cool work, work thing. At Titmouse, they have a, a smash party every year. And people bring, like, TVs. I brought an amp. My brother brought, like, dishes and plates. And uh-huh. some people bring, like, statues and stuff like that. And they just, like, they have, like, an arsenal of weapons, like, bats and pipes and what? crowbars and axes and stuff like that. Mallets. 
And you just go to town for like two minutes on whatever you brought oh in. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. So, <laughs> so you're just like, we're just going to destroy crap. So it's like, it starts at like, it starts at five and it goes on forever. Like everyone just brings stuff and just smashes it. And there's, and everyone's just like partying. And they're just like, you know, like, oh my God, here comes the TV. Like there's like a giant big screen just like, pop. Whoa. Okay. So I like, don't get out your aggression. You take an axe to a television set. <laughs> yeah, take an axe to a, t- a television set, and you'll feel so much. You're better. just like I feel. I feel relaxed. Yeah. Well, that combined <laughs> with your your stress, your de-stress class yes. that you told us about earlier, that that's the key to life. It's like, what's the worst outcome with this TV? Now do it. <laughs> now do it. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and if you're into something, there's, in general, like someone will be into it as well. If you like Magic the Gathering, you'll probably find someone at your studio that likes Magic the Gathering. You can like play Magic with each other, or like D&D, or like tabletop games. I see on Twitter, some artists have like tea parties. A lot of artists will get together and have tea parties, or like Disneyland trips. Like, uh-huh. Oh, Disneyland. Loves, Disneyland's yeah. a big one. I don't know anyone who's like, why no? I don't care to go to the happiest place on earth. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's like, huh. No. <laughs> 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 Stuff like that, but... I guess like the, the in general message of all of that on this is the people are what really makes this this thing. This never feels like work. Like, I don't go to work and I'm like, oh, like it's Monday. I go to work and I'm like, oh, it's Monday. I can't wait to say like what happened this weekend to like, the person sitting next to me or you know you're working on cartoons like you're doing something you love and you're like working with amazing people. That's I think that's like the best thing about this job in general. Like mm-hmm. you just meet so many cool people you work with so many cool people and you get to work on like really cool projects that is awesome you had mentioned that you like screenwriting and that you one day want to become a showrunner I was curious what kind of personal projects do you like working on personal projects Mm -hmm. they vary for the most part there's like a cat in every single one of them right now I'm working on these shorts called frat cats and the basic premise is you know that commercial where it's like rescuing an animal it's like in the arms oh yeah the angel. very sad Sarah yeah. McLaughlin look at this sad puppy you need to yeah. save it save this puppy yeah so the premise is like this girl saw this and she's like oh my god and she like impulse adopts these two cats and they're just these frat brothers <laughs> so they're just, they just do cat things but they're just Freddy cats mm-hmm. so like they uh, let's hang out like surprise <laughs> <laughs> They just do like weird cat stuff, but mm-hmm. it's, I have the scripts out for it, and like I'm animating it as I'm animating it now. And I have like some like super secret projects that I'm like it's been building for like years. Nice. That I'm like hopefully I can like ship it somewhere and be like, what do you think of this? Like I'm thinking about doing this. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, and it works. Like, yeah, this is like we'll, oh, cool. this is like awesome. Like let's do this. So and you're getting like your dream. pitch materials together. Have you, have you ever made like a pitch bible and getting all that? Yeah, so. I've actually I've actually pitched before. Oh, very um, good. How was that process? It was it was cool. It teaches you teaches you a lot about how to present yourself. Mm-hmm. You really need to be clear about what you want to accomplish and what you want to say, and also you have to like really stand out because pitches come in all the time. Like you're always in the, the people you're pitching to have seen everything. You just need to stand out from the pack. You can make a show about school, but it's like what makes this school different oh well I have this kid who does this and it's like mm, think out your think out what you want to do and like present it in a way where it's original mm-hmm. and cater to the network that you want to show your 
your pitch at. So like something on Adult Swim won't fly at DreamWorks right. or you know Netflix. Well, maybe Netflix. Netflix. I get the impression that Netflix is very open to all content. Yeah. They, they put out amazing content. They that's do. Probably, that's they probably do. why. <laughs> I feel like that's it. It's like, hey, if you have an idea and we like it, yeah. go for it. Yeah. There is an audience out there for this if it's well done. Yeah, I think yeah, with pitching, just get your stuff down, get the get your world built, like mm-hmm. build your world, build your characters, and like really have a treatment for it, have something to say. When I first pitched, I was pitching like shorts, and they're like, we're looking more like, can this be like a series? So I was thinking like, oh, this could be like a one-off. And it's like, we're not really, they are looking for one-offs, but also like we're looking for one-offs that work in a world where like, mm-hmm. if you want to make another one, you can make another one. So I, was, I think that was my, my biggest failing was that, where it was, oh, like, yeah, I kind of didn't think this the whole way through. So now that I'm going back with that information, I'm like building stuff and doing okay. things like that. How long does a pitch usually last? I want to say like 15 minutes. At least that's how long mine took. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just like crashed and burned and oh, usually no. they're like an hour long. But I don't think they're an hour <laughs> long, but I was just, I was just curious because I've heard different, I've heard like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, five minutes if they're just like yeah like so I was just wondering and also what kind of materials did you have to get together for your pitch to show them this is the world and these are the characters I had two character designs and I pitched it to them and like spoke for the most part so I think that was like big like that was another big thing is like they only had the characters they didn't have the world so the art of Ooh like has this they talk about adventure time mm-hmm. and how they put everything together for that and like did it and it's like it's such a it's such a cool story how Adventure Time got made when you like look through like the first sketches and look at the original pilot and it was you understand it you have a vision you mm-hmm. know for Adventure Time and like people understood it and like it developed like a cult following yeah. and like I saw the pilot I remember when they had um when I lived in New York Fred Seibert showed a bunch of shorts uh-huh. he showed like 10 of them and the 10th one was Adventure Time and he showed it at an Asifa screening, and the entire auditorium just busted out laughing. <laughs> we were like, it was the funniest and the weirdest thing that we'd ever seen. Yeah. We are like, what is this? This is great. <laughs> you know, and he's like, and that's the one we greenlit. And then, like, five or six years later, it was on Cartoon Network. Wow. Yeah, yeah he actually talks about that mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah, because like, originally it was, was going to be on Nickelodeon. Yeah. And then it just found its way to Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. When you pitched, so they told you, all right, we'd like to see other types of things. Did they tell you, come back in three months with something else, or come back in six months? Was it that kind of situation where they just, where they invited you back? Or was it more of, all right, I'm going to take their advice and then just contact them and see if I can get another meeting with them? It was both. I got, like, way, way busy, so I couldn't put together another rework the pitch to, to do something else mm-hmm. and also like as time went on probably helps to like come back to it later and then like look at look at the thing and see if we really did have something mm-hmm. but I just wasn't as excited about the idea that I had as opposed to like the other stuff that I was developing so like they did say like let's do this again in like three months and then also like I had got their information and then I just got like super busy and mm-hmm. I just never got the chance to like pitch again and so like just slowly like on my free time I've just been like I'm building something and then like I started thinking of like scripts so I started writing scripts and then like 
start drawing characters, start writing scripts and change the characters, and then focusing on what I want the story to be about. I think that's like the biggest thing that you should probably be focusing on is like the story. You do want to see pretty things, but like you need a little more substance. If you think like your favorite shows, you're like, well, why do you like the show? It's like, well, I really love the characters. It's like, why? Well, I identify with them. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're me. So I think when you, when you find that balance of doing a show for a network or like an online series that you're just putting out yourself and mm-hmm. like knowing your audience and knowing yourself and like figuring out what you want to say is going to be like where you, or the ideas are just going to start flowing. So it's like, I want to do like a short series on YouTube, but I want it to be about my life. So when you find out like your audience is going to be like people your age and you like figure out like what are some jokes that you get and also what's like a universal joke you can show it to somebody like at any age and they'll be like oh yeah like that's funny so I think when you write for yourself and then like you find that balance of like writing for yourself and writing for an audience and knowing that your audience doesn't dictate what you write but you're presenting your audience with what you want to say because that's the audience is the audience the audience is there like to you know hear you I think that's that's the ultimate goal, like mm-hmm. to work out that relationship that you have with yourself and your audience, building things that way. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And when you go in, do you go in with multiple ideas? Or are they like, well, we're not sure about this idea, but what else do you have? Or do you go in with just the one idea? I went in with one, mm-hmm. um, but I've also heard of different, different pitches where one show creator that I had talked to, he said, you know, I went in with this idea of, this and he showed me his original idea where he had a Bible and he had the world, he had the characters, a fully built out Bible. And the guy looked at it, he's like, I'm not really feeling it. And it's like, shut it. And he's like, what else do you have? So he's like, well, I have a sketchbook. And he's like, well, let me see your sketchbook. So he like went through the sketchbook. He's like, what's the deal with these guys? And he's like, oh, this is blah, blah. And this is blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of with him. This is his story. And he's like, why didn't you give me a show with these two guys? Like, these two guys are cool. Yeah, okay. You know, so he's like, okay. So off that ske- off that sketchbook, he's like, yeah, give me a show with this. Let's make a show. Just give me something. Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> always carry your sketchbook, folks. Yeah, always carry your sketchbook. You never know. But yeah, that's how it worked out. So he, he came up with the with the pitch for that, and that eventually led to like his series, and you know he got he got a series by you know pitching one thing, but. Mm-hmm. He was ready on the fly to like let that go and pitch something else he had, which is really really. I've heard this. Uh, I think I heard this on the animation network. Oh okay. Where Chris was talking. Or Chris mm-hmm. was talking to uh, I think the writer on Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And he said, out there like, listen to that episode about yeah, pitching. Yeah. I'll find the, the number <laughs> episode for that. Yeah, because it was that was a good one. I especially liked it because I love Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So like any any information <laughs> about Ninja Turtles, like all right, let's hear it. Yeah, they, they talk about like. Not being too attached to your ideas and being mm-hmm. flexible. That was like an ultimate example of that. He had something, it wasn't working, so he worked with something else. And he got his show that way. Speaking of flexibility, we're talking about freelancing because you have freelanced. Yeah. And so I just wanted to know how you got your freelance gigs and also how you figured out contracts and timing and getting everything done on time but making sure that they're paying you on time and that yeah. everything's above board. So with freelance, I wasn't freelancing while I was at the studio. I didn't feel like working at Titmouse and then freelancing on my nights because I was commuting. So I was like, I'm spending four hours on the freeway. I just want to go home and sleep. And then my weekends are my weekends. Like I just like, I need to unwind. 
So after I was working on Mina Hunes was a, a Nick short. After that wrapped, I we had like an option to go on some other shows. And I was kind of I was kind of a kind of want to freelance, so I didn't jump onto another project. And then, so I took some time off. I just to unwind. Like I'd never taken a break. Went to school and then mm-hmm. went to work. How long was it from the time you were in school to the time that you took that break? It was just about two years. So I never, I never took a break. I never took a vacation. So I was like, yeah, I really need a, I really need to take a vacation. I strongly recommend if you like, if you can take vacations, take vacations, or even like if you have like a hiatus between seasons or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like, oh, well, we'll be back in a month. And if you're like looking for work, you know, maybe dip into your reserves and like just enjoy yourself for a month. But yeah, so I just took some time. Built my mom a spa. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, went home. I'm like, hey, like, what's going on? And she's like, I need a bathroom. I need to finish this bathroom out. And I was like, all right, it's cool. So I did. Okay, so like, I took some time off and like, I just went. I went back home. Mm-hmm. I live in Orange County. So, hey, mom, how's it going? She's like, going good. Like, I need a spa. Well, I didn't need a spa, but she had an unfinished bathroom in her house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll finish it. So <laughs> I was like, why don't you become a contract? Construction worker? I'm like, last night. <laughs> it's like, I can do it. I got one of those Sears how to build things catalog. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Why not? So I went on YouTube. And I'm like, <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking, I'm looking for how like... How do you build a spot? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how do you build this? It was like a bathroom, but it was like a, the layout that she had. It was like already, it was already tarred. Mm-hmm. It was already, the, the boards were already in. Just needed to seal them. So it was, it was mostly like tile work, putting in like the pipes and stuff like that. So I was just like... I'm gonna go on YouTube and like look for like the person with like the most screwed up hands and then like take his advice. You have pretty hands. <laughs> you have pretty hands. You're like, you're not, you're probably not. Sounds like so judgy, but I'm assuming like, it's like I used to work at a bank and like uh-huh. the construction workers and the people that built stuff mm-hmm. and like I knew that like, they knew their stuff. Mm-hmm. They had like the burliest hands. Like there's just like, like sausages. <laughs> so like I was looking at people on YouTube and like, his hands are like sausages. Like I'm gonna follow this guy's instructions. So I was doing that. And like work, it was like a family project. Like I worked on it with my dad, and my brother, and like that wrapped. And like after that, I just started like applying. Started getting some like small freelance things. Where I was doing some like Photoshop work, putting people into photos, black and white photos. Kind of a weird, cool little side gig. And then I've been, so I have a Twitter and I have a Tumblr and. Like, I'm active on social media. So, like, there's a bunch of projects popping up. And I was, like, seeing them, like, I kind of like this. And I kind of, I kind of don't. Like, I, I really, really wanted to try uh, mobile games. So, I started applying for mobile game apps. And sending my resume to game companies. There's also, like, Kickstarters. I found a really cool place to, like, look for work. Or just, like, submit your resume. If you're looking for like, small, like, freelance stuff. Like so, on like, the Kickstarter site, or were you looking at Kickstarters and seeing who needed help doing their projects on Kickstarter? Who needed help? And not saying like there's some Kickstarters are like doomed. I'm just being like, <laughs> I was just thinking like, oh, they're gonna need a lot, a lot of animators. I'll submit my thing and be like, hi, I'm Todd. You know, mm-hmm. here's my reel, here's my resume. If you are looking to hire freelancers, send me an email. Oh, that's a good way to do it. So here's a, a big problem with like freelancing that I think people fall into is. They offer themselves, they don't offer themselves to be hired. Oh, so they're just saying, I could work, I, I want to do work instead of, yeah. I am a freelancer, you could hire me. Yes. Yeah. Just specifically state, yeah. if you need to hire someone, I am available, give me a call, we'll talk rates. Yes. 
exactly what you should do. This I updated my my Twitter, my Tumblr, and I put my name. I put my email like available for freelance inquiry. Mm-hmm. So I was getting that, and I think people will take the free and freelance too seriously, mm-hmm. or literally. So I was getting calls where it's like, "Hey, so I have a project," and like they're talking to me about it. I'm like, "Okay, that works. What's your budget?" He's like, "We don't really have budget." I'm just like, "I don't really have time for." project with no budget like I have yeah. projects with no budget but mm-hmm. they're for me yeah. right and that's different because yeah. it's like no that's I'm working for myself yeah I can work for free for myself yeah I'm not going to work for free for you mm-hmm. I was at a point where like I'm a professional I need mm-hmm. to I need to pay bills I need to do this how about I not not take less money and just go for the big jobs like mm-hmm. why not like just go for it so I'm going to try the big jobs, and I just applied everywhere, and then, like, some people called me back. And whatever projects, like, caught my interest, I jumped on. There was some stuff that came out where I was like, I really want to work on this, but, like, I think for the time I'm going to dedicate to it, it's not going to be financially good on my part. Like, and there were, like, really cool projects, but I was like, no, I can't, I can't do this. I have to put myself first, as opposed to, like, the, the passion project that, you know, I get offered. And I'll refer them to other people. And then I actually, like, I got a call to be on a, I think, I can mention that I was on a Simpsons project. I got a call, and I got the paperwork, and then they're like, hi, like, we want you to do, can you do, like, can you this way, can you that way? I'm like, yeah. It's like, cool. So, like, I got into a Simpsons project, and I worked on that for, for months, and, and then I started getting more into, like, kids' games. And then, like, I really, I really like kids' games. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it was like we have like a little more like we have a little more freedom with doing like a little bit more experimenting like with animation, and it's very like very nice. Like I I needed a break from Adult Swim kind of shows. Right. And I really like to like animate something and you know show my family. Hey, I I did this and I'm like oh that's like cute. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're not like there's not people like with heads exploding. I'm like yes. <laughs> around the dinner table and everyone's like oh honey. yeah it's just, and then like it's, it sucks because I have like younger I have a younger cousin like younger cousins like they're like eight nine mm-hmm. so they'll watch cartoons or like they'll google me and like find like my name like, that's what I thought was weird like, wait, like kids are googling people like at eight like wow. why do you have the internet that okay <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I don't know but they, they they find out what projects I'm on and then uh-huh. they, like, they watch the show I'm like no you can't watch the I show like, like, cousin Todd what are you doing you're like we saw your show yeah, like, yeah, that was a weird show. I'm like, don't watch that one. Watch, <laughs> watch, watch this other thing. Play this game. Watch his little Nick shorts. <laughs> Here's a guy with a spaceship that's also him. <laughs> and little Smurfs. They're Hawaiian. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so again, like, I think it was just like timing. and I just have weird, amazing luck. That I just get like these. Yeah. And like with contracts and stuff like that, yeah. I make sure that it's in my contract that I get paid on like a net 30 or like a net 45 or mm-hmm. if possible a net 15 like the sooner I get paid the better mm-hmm. that's something I have to look for working with your manager and your deadlines knowing when to say no and also knowing when to work with them how did you figure out your contracts did you go online for that or is that more talking with friends or like the graphic designers handbook yeah like the graphic designers handbook or like the animation guild handbook mm-hmm. is a good basis for like hourly rates I think so when you talk to a freelancer, you're also like factoring in like, well, I'm not at a studio, so I'm gonna have to charge you more hourly because I also have to pay for like my health insurance mm-hmm. and dental and 
if something goes wrong, like I suggest everyone buy RAM. Upgrading a computer from like eight gigabytes of RAM to 32 gigabytes of RAM is exponentially great for you. Because mm-hmm. you're gonna work faster, you're not gonna be finding the programs. Mm-hmm. And you can have multiple programs up, open up at once. Right. I work in Photoshop and also work in Animate. So it's easier for me like to do something in Photoshop export it and then bring it into animate and still have Photoshop open having animate open. And there are two like heavy programs that like mm-hmm. take up a lot of RAM. So it's easy like to free up RAM and have make sure to like, work your workflow. Kinda of getting off topic, but No, no, <laughs> that's no, but that's good. That's good to know because I mean computers crash. I think yeah. it's like people are like, No, it's a great no. Computers crash. Yes. Hard drives crash. Yeah. Software crashes. Lights go out. Yes. Car breaks down. Things happen yeah. at the most inopportune time. Yes. Especially when you're on a tight deadline, it has to be a certain way. That's when all electronics and all appliances and everything decides, you know what? We're done. Yeah. It's completely finished here. And you, you never know. You can get a file from a freelance company, and I have. I got a file from a freelance company that just ate up all my RAM. I was working, and like I was just noticing that like because of the issue on my part, my computer was slowing my workflow down, which means it adds more time to my rate. And this is not gonna flow if I'm like, well, your file was so big that my computer couldn't handle it. And that's why I'm charging you like all this money. So I just went out, I bought the RAM, I plugged it in and then like the file worked a normal file. It was a big file, but it was working. It was working at the speed of maybe like a one megabyte file because I upgraded my computer. If you don't have to fight your program, you, can work efficiently, you can work faster. It helps out a lot if you're freelancing and like things are due like in a week. So you have a week to work on something, but if you're not finding your program, you're gonna add a lot of time for revisions, if you get revisions or like, you know, different versions or stuff like that. So you're not cutting into your rates. You know, if anything, you're adding to your rate, but you're still, you're still giving them quality work, but you're not finding yourself to give them quality work. Mm-hmm. And like you're managing your time, you're doing stuff like it's really, you're helping yourself out. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So what are your influences now? Because you talked about watching Nightmare Before Christmas yes. over and over and over and over again. <laughs> freaking out your mom. And <laughs> like before we were talking about like Dragon Ball Z and, and different yes. things. So what are you influenced by now? What are some of the, the movies or books or television shows? Everything. All the new shows that are coming out. Like I feel like, like I know the era I grew up with. Nickelodeon was like huge, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you had like Doug and Not Real Monsters and like the Classy Supo stuff that was coming out. So like there was like this cool golden age of cartoons coming out. And like I see it happening like again now. Like I see like kids like, oh, I love like Star and I love Steven Universe and, mm-hmm. and I love SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents and like really cool seeing that. I guess that's my influence is me now. Where it's, it's a like I'd go crazy. If I met someone that like worked on Dragon Ball yeah. or something like that, so it's gonna be cool, like, because for me it's like, oh yeah, like you have such a profound impact on my life, mm-hmm. but you have no idea who you are, like, yeah. like or who, who I am. It's kind of like a cool thing, like in the back of my head, where it's like someone's gonna be watching a show that I worked on and be like, I remember that when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah. oh, I feel so old. <laughs> I do uh, that. Eventually, I went, to, I went to the Cal State Fullerton uh, Nick exhibit. Yes. I met Butch Hartman and Jim Jenkins, and it was all I could do to keep from just like hugging. Both of them. <laughs> I was like, no, no, because. I was like, we're professional, we're professional here. And I was like, I just wanted to let you know that your shows are great. And they were like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. 
it's yeah. uh, that's the the eventual like because it's not gonna it's not gonna come around anytime soon like no one's gonna be like oh you work on this and like you know like you changed my life and like you're like eight you know <laughs> or like when they're high school 30. but when they're 30 they're gonna be like oh I remember that like I'm having like the nostalgia trips right now because I'm right. 30 like that kind of eventual thing what else influences me like artists Tatsuyuki Tanaka he's a powerhouse of drawing stuff you'll see his work and you'll be like oh my god if you can pick up cannabis works like you'll like look at it and be like oh my god like uh, this is just amazing or did you ever watch Animatrix yes do you remember the do you remember the short with I think there was like a teddy bear that was like also part person like they ran away or like it was like a robot like this like robot police came in it's been a long time since I've seen it but it's on Netflix so I should check it out again and then I will know or I think he he may have uh, worked on Akira. I see a lot of Akira influence mm-hmm. from that. His work is so effortless, but so incredibly... It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. It's like, he has incredible work. Tyson Murphy, he's a World of Warcraft, Blizzard. I think right now he's painting, painting Hearthstone cards. And I'm, a big, I'm a big Hearthstone geek. I'm following his work. I'm like, oh my god, I, I think I know who painted this. And like, research it. I'm like, it was him. Ah! I was right. Reno Jackson. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like he, like his work is just awesome. It's like, oh man, like, it's a really weird way of thinking, but like, I want that quality of his like shape language and like mm-hmm. how he uses light and stuff like that to like, somehow transfer in like my drawing. Where it's like, well, he uses paint. I'm like, I use drawing. Like, how can I like pull from like his awesomeness yeah. but like make it my own? Like, is it Kira Toriyama? The Dragon Ball guy? Okay. I think so. He's still, like, my influence. Like, Dragon Ball, like, is still my influence. I go back and watch. I just bought, like, the Dragon Ball, like, seasons. (laughs) I'm going back and watching them. I'm like, oh, my God. This is, like, such a different show than it was, like, now. Hmm. I still enjoy it now. Like, I still love... I love Dragon Ball Z. I love, like, the movies and stuff like that. But it was, like, Dragon Ball was, like, such a different show. And, like, it's just really cool how it evolved over time into, like, Dragon Ball Z. And now it's, like, Dragon Ball Super... Like, like, that's like those are like my main three influences. That's cool. So, what are you working on now? Where are you currently? I'm currently at a studio called Puny. I'm mm-hmm. working on a animated series that's going to be on Amazon. Oh, very cool. When is it going to launch on Amazon? I'm not sure yet. I think maybe like next year. Okay. It's a really cool project. I can't really. I really can't wait for people like to see it. Yeah. yeah. Like, is that a is that a smaller studio? Yeah. How did you find out about it? Because that's something that I know a lot of people are interested in because everybody's heard of like the giant studios, but a lot of people are interested in smaller studios too because you can do a lot more things a lot of times. So how did you get involved with them? I was, re- I was referred. My friend told me, like, hey, this place is looking for people that do things that you do. Like, you should apply. So I applied. And then the art director, Evan, he was going through portfolios and looking to, like, you know, build his, build his team for... For the project and my work has similar to what the show style is and mm-hmm. yeah so he contacted me by email he's like hey like do you have a moment to chat i'm thinking about pulling you onto this project and i was like oh my god like yes like yeah. i, I want to work on this project so it's just like it worked out and we had a meeting we talked about it and we talked about like my previous work with titmouse and freelancing and stuff like that and mm-hmm. then, uh, so that just seemed like a good fit so he I was like, yeah, cool. So you'll start next month. And then, yeah, so now I'm working for them. Cool. What are you currently doing? 
I'm doing design cleanup. So I'm cleaning up characters and props. What does that entail, design cleanup? Is that like going over and like Photoshop and Illustrator or what exactly are you doing? So for this show, it's for this show we work in Flash. So it's mainly like putting everything in model. And Flash is a very consistent line to it. And I, I know Flash and I actually, I love using Flash for like line work. Because you get such a, such a consistent line. I know Flash like the back of my hand now. I'd like to assume I do. So I know like a lot of shortcuts and I know how to like work in the program, work with Photoshop files, exporting JPEGs and importing stuff into Flash and making it, making it into like a working file for animation. So I have a lot of experience doing that. So like my job is to get the rust from our character designers and from our prop designers and to put it on model for the show. So on my part, the design's done. Mm-hmm. It's just more like fixing things to be on model. So if the eyes are wrong, it's like, can you like make sure they're asterisks or round or mm-hmm. oval or squares? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And you go back and you clean up everything. You put lines where they need to be, make sure there's like no tangents. Small things like that, okay. and then making sure like the props are workable, readable, mm-hmm. like making sure that everything reads. Some roughs can get like very, very rough, but for the most part, like every, everyone there is like phenomenally good. I'm like, wow, like I don't know how I can keep up with you guys. You guys are like super, <laughs> super good at your yeah. jobs. And then like they pass me their work, and so I'm just like, okay, well, how can I keep the, how can I keep this looking the way it looks? So it's it's finding that balance of making Flash look like the original sketch and then making it look like the show creator's vision. So it's mainly that and then uh, putting on model sheets, making sure everything's on model, crisp lines, clean up drawings. Well Dad, this has been very fun. <laughs> I've really enjoyed talking with you yeah, and learning you. a lot more about you too. That's always that's always the most fun for me, is just like learning more about people and what they do and what they're about. So is there anything else that you want to share with the people out there? Yeah, actually, if you can take anything away from this little interview with me, I would say, I hope like you like come out of this and like just just start doing something that you're passionate. Like it's like ah, I feel like like after hearing this, like things worked out for him. It can work out for me, and like I I strongly believe it. You saw me at Fan Alley, and I'm giving portfolio advice for like a half hour. I'm just like all over the place. Like my arms like flying. I'm like. (laughs) do this and do that and like do that and like just like yell at your food and I don't know like depending on my reviews are like so weird but like mm-hmm. they're like, I feel like they're like on point or I get questions like how do you uh, how do you break in mm-hmm. you have to realize you need good work you need strong work you need mm-hmm. to present yourself so make sure that you're presenting your work and you're presenting yourself the way you want to be be seen so if you want to be a character designer make sure that when people see you you're a character designer if you want to be a background artist make sure that people see your work you're a background artist and then also realize just because you don't get the gig doesn't mean that you're not good. The term I used with you was like, you're going to be like looking for a sword fighter and you're like, I am a renowned knight and I can find, I can like take any bounty you have. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm looking for more of a ninja and the ninja just applied. So I'm going to go with the ninja. So like it's very, very small differences that may have someone get picked over you. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't say that, that's not to mean that you're not right for this career and this path. Don't wait for something to come to you. Go for it. Don't wait for the job. Go for the job. Don't wait for a project to come up. Do your project. If you have an idea, work with it. Start writing. Start boarding. Start doing your characters. If you want to start drawing, 
just start drawing. It's just like, you just have to get over that hurdle of waiting for the feeling to come to you. And you just have to start doing it. Because like drive, essentially like, what's going to get you anywhere is drive. So if you're driven to get a job, you're going to get the job. If you're driven to be a better artist, it's going to happen because you have that impulse and you have that. If you're mm -hmm. hungry for the job, you're hungry for your passion, your, your career, it's going to happen. So stay hungry. Instill that drive in your body because like, if you don't have that drive, like, no one's going to give it to you. Like, mm -hmm. you, you need to have it yourself. That is excellent advice. Where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter. It's Todd Favela. ToddFavela.com if you want to see like my work, my reel, and stuff I've worked on. And on Tumblr, I'm a little more vocal about my work. Mostly like, I post a sketch and talk about like what's been going on in my life. So mm -hmm. I'll post stuff like that. I guess I'm more active on Twitter. So yeah, like Twitter, Tumblr. And tell me again the name of your new YouTube channel. Let's Draw With. There's also a Twitter for Let's Draw With. Okay. Yes. So there should be there should be content posting soon. All right. This is editing. It's, you, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the time you're, when your episode drops, it'll be up there. Yeah. People can go and be like, this is amazing. Hopefully it's not like, it's not like a one-man show with like no audience. Oh, I'll it will like... be. I'll, I'll watch it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And that concludes part two of my interview with Todd. Special thanks to Todd for being such a wonderful guest. And make sure to check out all of his websites, especially Let's Draw With, which will be launching very soon. You can check out his sites by visiting the show notes and also by visiting the website, www.theanimatedjourney.com. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And thank you so much to everyone who has left a review so far. And if you would like to support the show, you can donate via PayPal by visiting the website. Again, that address is www.theanimatedjourney.com. And clicking on the PayPal donate button on the right-hand side of the site, every little bit helps me to keep the show up and running with technical costs and web hosting costs. And make sure to also support our sponsors, Amazon, Audible, Loot Crate, and Blueberry Podcast Hosting. Every time you click on the banner ads on the right-hand side of the website and visit those websites, a little bit of money comes back to the show, and it helps me to keep things up and running that way as well. And thank you to everyone who has supported the sponsors. I greatly appreciate it. And if you want to find out what's going on in the world of animation, make sure to check out the Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash The Animated Journey. And also you can follow on Twitter and Instagram by using the handle at AnimJourney, that's A-N-I-M. And I have a new Tumblr page for the site, so make sure to check that out, www.theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And to see what I've been working on lately, you can check out my portfolio site, www.sketchysoul.com on tumblr it's www.sketchysoul.tumblr.com on twitter you can follow me at sketchy soul and on instagram you can follow me at sketchy underscore soul so thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode and as always be encouraged and have a great day everybody